Welcome to the Time For You podcast with Erin Woodruff, episode 44. My name is Erin, and my goal is to help you find time for yourself. Life gets busy, and we tend to lose ourselves in the mix of marriage, motherhood, and everything else. Let's rediscover your passions and make some time for you. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new week. I can't believe we're in February. It's so exciting. This year really is already going by so fast, and I can't wait to see all the other things that happen this year. Today's episode is a piggyback on last week's episode about checking in with your goals, seeing where you're at, having a re-evaluation, and recommitting yourself to the things that you're working towards. And something that has actually been asked to me by my clients and friends and some other people this in the last few weeks are questions about self-discipline, self-trust, follow-through. And so I wanted to do a whole episode on creating boundaries for yourself and actually following through with them. I want to use a few specific ideas, but all of the tools that I talk about will be extremely applicable to any area of your life. So Whichever examples resonate the most with you, take what you learn from them and then apply them into the other areas where you might struggle. So the first area I want to talk about creating boundaries for yourself is with shopping. I had a friend reach out to me this week and we've talked about shopping a lot before, but she asked me again some questions on shop- about shopping and learning how to very intentionally spend money and staying within a budget. And this is also something I struggle with at times. I love to shop and I like to look at new things. I find a lot of joy from shopping. It's really fun for me. It's a time to get out and explore and get new ideas. It's a total creative process for me too. I love to shop. For me personally, I love to shop in person But I also, like most of us, like online shopping for various reasons as well. So I want to talk about shopping and the boundaries that I've put in place for myself about shopping and some things that you can use and translate into your own life in whichever way works best for you. So when we're looking at physical store shopping, there's a lot of boundaries that you can give yourself in this area. If you're really trying to cut back on costs or maybe you like to grocery shop or maybe you like to clothes shop or toy shop or whatever it is, maybe it's home decor. I am going to use the example of Ross because I love Ross. I love going to Ross and I always find a lot of treasures there. I know there's a lot of people who don't like Ross because it's more of a treasure hunt, but for me, it's all part of a creative process and finding the things that truly bring me joy and then bringing that into my life. So when I think about Ross and my parameters that I've set for myself around Ross and going there, also there's a side note here, Ross doesn't actually have any online shopping options. And so for me, going to the physical store really is the only option. So I know that this is one of my favorite places to shop And I know I can't do it online, so I have to physically go to the store. Physically going to the store is a good thing because it actually gives us time and space to distance ourselves from our purchases. And so we can have a little bit more intention of why we're going there. 
but I would be lying if I said that I always go to Ross with intention of what I'm going to buy. That's not true at all. Usually I have an idea of something that I want and then I go to Ross and I search until I find something that inspires me. So there have been many times that I show up at Ross very unintentionally. There have been times when my autopilot is driving and I will be in Ross's parking lot and I don't realize that I've just driven there, but since I'm here, might as well go shop. And so some of the parameters that I've put on myself now is that I have to, because I have to drive there, I have to very intentionally make the decision to go there. That can look a lot of different ways. I might ask myself, okay, I have the urge to want to shop at Ross, but why? What am I looking for? Is there something I actually need? Is there something that I want? Why am I going? Am I going just because I have the itch to shop? Am I going strictly for inspiration? And when I can get really concrete with why I'm going, then I can make a better decision because if it's just an urge to get out of boredom or to pass time or something like that, then those are the reasons that I don't let myself actually physically drive there because they are just ways for me to ignore something else in my life. If I'm feeling bored or I feel like I need to pass some time and I choose to go to Ross, of course I'm going to spend more money if I go to the store. I love going there. It's so much fun, and I always find something I like. So if I can recognize that I'm just using it as a way to ignore some feelings that I'm having, whether it's I don't want to go to work or I don't want to come up with a creative game to play with my toddler or I don't want to go outside in the cold, but I still want to get out of the house, This allows me for time to think about other alternatives to just going to a store and walking around and looking for things to buy. This allows me to think about some other things that we could do that maybe are an option to get outside of the house, but we're not going to go to a store. And there are a lot of other things locally that I've realized, wow, I really like going to the library. I like going to the swimming pool. There's a lot of other things that I can do to fill that feeling of boredom or agitation, or I just need something to pass the time. I need to fill up my days that doesn't involve shopping. So those are some of the questions I ask myself before I even physically go to a store. And once I'm in the store and I'm looking at things, I really am intentional now, not just about buying everything that I like, but really asking myself, is there a purpose for this? What is the purpose? How long will I use this? Is it worth the value of what it costs? What are my intentions with this specific item? Where am I going to put it? How long am I going to have it? Are there alternatives to this item? For some people, it might really be helpful for you to set a boundary of how much money you're going to spend at any given time in whatever store you're at. There have been many times that I tell myself before I even go into stores, I'm only here for inspiration. Another store I love is TJ Maxx and HomeGoods. I love stores that are much more of a treasure hunt. And when I tell myself this is just for inspiration, I'm not going to buy one thing when I go in there, 
then the pressure is off of me as far as wanting to spend money. I'm just looking for inspiration and it's almost like my mind relaxes and I just enjoy the experience a little bit more. For some people, you can get all of your creative inspiration online on Pinterest, which is great. For me, I really like to look and touch and feel and observe things in a physical space. It allows my mind to really um, think about what it would be like in my space. It's not the same as online for me. So I've been talking about shopping for a minute, but hopefully just by me talking about these specific things that you can have an idea of something where you can put parameters or boundaries for yourself. Another thing that I do with shopping, if there's something that I would classify as an impulse purchase, I put it back and I leave the store. And the way that I know that I really want that thing is if I can't stop thinking about it. There are still to this day times that I've left things at Ross that I want so bad and I go back and they're gone. And that is another downside of shopping at treasure hunt stores because there's rarely going to be a duplicate of something that you find. But I've told myself if I can walk away and I forget about it, then I never needed it in the first place. But if I walk away and I can't stop thinking about it, then I can go back and get it because I know it's something that I know is going to add value to my life for various reasons. With online shopping, you can use a lot of the same ideas. You can put parameters around yourself. You can set time limits on certain apps. You can delete apps. And so you have to actually physically go to their website and shop, which is an inconvenience. It's an extra step. So that will be something to break up the habit of you just pulling up the app and shopping, whatever your favorite app is. So deleting an app is a really great idea. It's super effective, way more than you would realize. Another way when you're online shopping is that you have to wait 24 hours before you actually purchase anything. Or another great way to approach it is from the opposite of you have to make all of your purchasing decisions 24 hours in advance. I have a coach friend that does this with almost all of the purchasing that she does. She makes plans and she only buys the things that she's planned 24 hours in advance for. Because in the moment, we want those things in the moment, whenever we see them. But if we can plan with our prefrontal cortex and plan in advance for how much money we're going to spend, what are the items that we're going to get, then when we're actually there in the moment, we can purchase with confidence that truly knowing that that is the thing we want. This is how much money we want to spend. Another way with online shopping that can be helpful for you is that have someone double check your work actually show somebody else, maybe it's your spouse or partner, maybe it's a sister, a friend, your mom, whoever, show them everything in your cart before you purchase it. Have them double check your work. Have them ask you questions, especially if this is an area that you struggle in and you feel like you purchase a lot of things that you don't actually ever use. This is a great way for people who know you well, to actually challenge your thinking and your purchasing habits. Because most likely, these are also the people that are hearing you complain about them or whine about them afterwards when you realize, oh, I didn't really want that. I hate online shopping. I don't know why I bought it. And sometimes we just get into bad habits of online shopping, even when we don't like shopping. 
So there's a few examples of online shopping specifically and in-person shopping. And again, all of these things can be translated to areas of health and nutrition, to working from home, to parenthood, to whatever you want to put boundaries for yourself around. Maybe it's technology or TV or something like that. The other example that I want to give you before we wrap up is working from home. I've had multiple people ask me in the last year, especially how do I possibly work from home and get so much done? There's a lot of boundaries that I've put in place for myself and I make myself stick to them. It's uncomfortable and it's hard, but when I create boundaries for myself and I follow through, then I'm building that self-trust, self-discipline, and self-love because I know I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Just a few of the examples that I give are, I always put my computer on my desk. Work is at my desk and I don't remove my computer very often from my desk. I also have trained myself to know that if I'm sitting at my desk, I'm working at my desk rather than perusing. The times that I remove my computer from my desk, I'm usually doing something a lot more in the hobby realm, a lot more leisure, a lot less intense as far as attention and focus and detail. I usually take my laptop off my desk when I want to online shop, ironically, But that's a signal to my brain that I've removed myself from my working space. Working from home is really hard, but if you can create a designated workspace for yourself, whatever that looks like for you, that will help to train your brain that this is a place where you focus, you pay attention, you set all other things aside, and you work. So keeping my computer on my desk is a huge thing, and I always work at my desk. I don't work from my bed, and I don't work from my couch. Another thing that I do to create boundaries for myself when I work from home is I set my phone on do not disturb modes. It doesn't matter what type of phone you have. If you have a smartphone, you have incredible capacity to customize your do not disturb settings. You can set certain scheduled times. You can set it so there's always, it always lets calls through or the people on your contacts list through if it's a text or a call. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do in your permission settings. But I have found this really helpful because then I'm not constantly being interrupted by all my notifications, phone calls, text messages, dings, all the things. This allows for me to be present and focused. This has also allowed me to have the time and space in between responding to messages. I think we have gotten into a bad habit, I will say, of thinking that every single notification that we get needs an an immediate response. It wasn't that long ago that you, you used to have to call someone's house And if they weren't there, you had to call back. And then answering machines are still relatively new technology. Before, you just had to keep calling and calling and calling until someone picked up the phone. And if your friend wasn't there, you'd have to call back. Then answering machines came along and it made it a little bit easier, but still people would respond when they got home. So if you think about it that way, think about you are in charge of your own terms with your technology. 
I know that someone's thinking right now, well, what about an emergency? First of all, I want to point out that emergencies are very few and far between. They rarely happen. And when they do happen, we will be available for them. In the do not disturb settings, you can make sh- you can make sure and set up that anybody who calls twice back to back will come through on your do not disturb settings. If there's an emergency, people will keep calling you until you pick up. So I want to challenge you to think about how you use your technology during your work time. I am also a slave to my phone in many ways, but I feel much less of a slave since I've started to take command of my schedule, my priorities, and I'll use this as a really great example of recording a podcast because this is a time that I have designated as a do not disturb time. I turn my phone on do not disturb. I silence all the notifications on my computer. I have closed all the windows, all the doors. I have headphones on and I am focused. I'm dialed in. I don't have any other pages up. Because everything that I want to do right now is important that the audio sounds good on the podcast so I don't want any other interference of noise or sound. And I want to be completely present in what I'm saying to you. I want to be very intentional and very focused. So there's a few more ideas for you when it comes to working from home and what you can do to create boundaries for yourself. For me... The more physical reminders that I have around me, the easier it is to put parameters in my mind of things that I do or do not do in certain spaces. That includes surfing the web or texting my friends, calling my family, watching shows, watching YouTube, all of the things. Another thing that I've actually done in my web browser that has helped tremendously is I actually have two different Chrome, Google Chrome profiles. One is for my personal Gmail and I keep all my personal links in there. And then the other one is for my work stuff. And that's where I save all of my work links and my work email. And I have actual boundaries within my technology spaces as well. And based on what I'm doing, I pull up the respective Chrome profiles and that helps a lot because then it's telling my brain I'm switching from this gear to the other gear. In my work and business profile, I keep all my work emails, all my work calendars, my files, anything that I use to run my business, all of the tools and applications, all the websites, all of the other social platforms that I use to run my business. And on my personal side, I keep everything else. Anything that involves myself, my family, my religion, my mental health, my spiritual health, my physical health, anything like Pinterest, my creative ideas, all of the things that are me, this actually helps me to determine which areas of my life I'm feeding into. Me as a person, I'm one whole person, but I like to draw those lines and those boundaries physically and mentally. And in the technology world, it's digitally, right? 
but it helps to send certain signals to my brain that this is where one point stops and the other starts. Another boundary that I have for myself is that I answer emails on my computer. So if I'm answering emails on my computer, that means I'm sitting at my desk. It is very, very rare when I answer emails on my phone. This has been another signal to my brain that I actually don't use my phone to work. It's my phone is much more of a personal item than it is a work item. And all of my emails are work-based. Not to mention it's way easier to type on a keyboard, in my opinion. And I can usually express myself a lot easier, but it creates that difference between here is where work is and here is where my personal life is. I'm going to wrap up now, but I would love to hear what your number one takeaway from this podcast episode is. Which boundary are you going to try and create for yourself and in which area are you going to apply it? I think there are so many ways we can improve for ourselves, but creating boundaries and following through with them can be really challenging. So start small. I would definitely recommend starting with a physical reminder of a boundary that you're putting in place. For me, keeping my computer on my desk is such a good physical reminder of the boundary. I talked to Amanda Clark in a few podcast episodes ago about how her phone has a home on her kitchen counter and how all of her kids know that that is her phone's home. And if they see her using her phone during business hours and she's not standing by the counter, if she's somewhere else, then her kids also keep her in check. So maybe it's you keep your computer on your desk and you don't remove it. Maybe your phone has a home on the counter Maybe it's something else. Whatever it is for you, you know which areas that you are struggling with and want to improve and you can create whatever boundary that you want and it's so possible for you to follow through with it. Gently remind yourself over and over and pretty soon it's not going to be a big deal and it's going to make your life so much easier. Come share with me online what your favorite takeaway from this episode was. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear what you're going to try. You can find me on Instagram at Erin Woodruff Coaching. And be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. I know every single one of us knows someone who needs this in some area of their life. And hopefully this episode can help them create the parameters and boundaries they want for themselves so they can truly create the life that they want and create time for themselves in all of the ways that are going to bring them the most joy. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate all of your support and have a great week. I'll talk to you next Monday. Did you know your personality will affect how you make time for yourself? I've created a free quiz for you to take to see where you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum. Go to erinwoodruffcoaching.com and take the quiz today.